All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Oilers Nation, episode 65. It is a very special episode because today is the last one we have with Tyler before he goes down to Disneyland to become a married man. Woo! Oh, beautiful. It's really nice, man. I'm proud of you. The bachelor party episode. You're just going to ignore me? Uh, I was I was paying attention to social media, and it seems like it's a thing. So I think the people want you to get married, man. It is a thing for like five people. Five people and five listeners. Two of the people are in this room. Yeah. That's good. I don't know. I was seeing a lot of chatter about it, and I don't know who was feeding them that information, but it seems like they were acting on their own. I saw some people volunteering to be bridesmaids. That's That's really nice, man. Well, you offered to have a bridesmaid. That's true. As your best person. Yeah, 2019, Tyler's (laughs) open to anything. If I get married, Surveyor Brett is my best man. Nice. He's going to really like that. Yeah, well... He Actually, me- he'll be my best man if he starts giving me some fucking calls in rec league. <laughs> Whoa. He was- oh, he refs you? Uh, he hasn't in like a year, but he refed me at uh, Hockey Ups the Homeless, Brownlee's big event. Yeah. And I carved him for it. I think I've told this story on the podcast before where I'm just, I'm over the boards ripping him about everything. And some of the guys on the bench like didn't know that obviously we knew each other. So they're just kind of looking at me being like, what the fuck is your problem? You're like <laughs> carving this guy in a charity hockey tournament. I got a DM from Surveyor Brett on Wednesday morning. He wanted me to wish you congratulations on your upcoming nuptials. Mm-hmm. He also said, you should see Tyler play hockey. He starts off all happy and jokey, but as the game goes on, he starts to complain and then he gets mad. And by the end of the game, he's yelling about calls. Well, I kind of like this podcast. I called him with a hook with about three minutes left once in favor of his team. And he skates by the bench and yells, oh, now you finally get a call right. He came by and begrudgingly shook my hand after the game. (laughs) He's always pissed. As As an old man, Tyler, you know, as the game progresses, his joints get a little bit sore. He gets a little bit more tired. And he doesn't have as much time for people. You could honestly ask any ref in the CCRHL. First opening face-off, I tap their shin pads. I'm like, how's it going, man? Like, how many games are you doing tonight? I'm always very nice. By like halfway through the second period, I'm just like, are you fucking blind? As always, Oilers Nation Radio (laughs) is brought to you by our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant. Go ahead and follow them on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the Giant. Daniel, what's going on at Sherwood Ford? Uh... December is kind of a, a quiet, nice month for them. They've they uh, they did their big uh, stuff a giant truck campaign last month, and uh, I was lucky enough to be able to be asked to come along and drop those off at the Strathcona Christmas Bureau. And uh, you know that's a pretty special, it's a pretty special time. It's a pretty special thing to be a part of. And uh, yeah, so thanks to Sherwood Ford for being the great people that they are. 
And also, if you see the if you say see Jay uh, cruising around, Jason in on the podcast today. Rick is not here. See him cruising around in the Nation Truck. Take a picture and hashtag it with Nation Truck for your chance to win a hundred dollar gift card. Yeah, come find me. I'm rolling all over the city. <laughs> There's not one inch of this city I'm not driving over. And chirp him for having a dirty truck. It is very dirty at the moment, but the road conditions are tough to compete against when trying to keep a vehicle clean. When are we getting the content for the uh, four dollar wash? It's a three dollar wash. wash. Three dollar wash. Dare you? Sorry, who's I, got I, that kind of money? <laughs> Jesus, in this economy, recession, buddy. Yeah. Jeez, I'm gonna try to have to turn it into squeeze it into a two dollar wash. <laughs> I will do. You don't even have to time lapse it. It's so fast. <laughs> it will fit within a one minute Instagram video. Three bucks, clean truck. Let's go, Tyler. Let's start off with the Sherwood Ford Giant question of the day. Giant, 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 giant. <laughs> Sherwood Ford Giant question of the podcast. What percent chance would you give the Oilers right now? This is before their game on Friday night against the LA Kings. What percentage chance do you give them of making the playoffs? Hundred percent, two thousand percent. They're in. Let's go. That's t- You're shaking your head at me. Why? One. Uh, well, because like a hundred percent, thousand percent. 101%. Jay Peterson on Instagram said 65 or 70%. Dan said 100%. Whiskey Woman said, as Connor McDavid once said, if you don't believe, you need to leave. She said 100% chance. I'm around 75. It is concerning that they lose to bottom feeder teams. It's concerning that their bottom six might be the worst bottom six in the NHL. There's a lot of red flags with this team. Here's oh. the best thing about, about being a bad against bad teams. Who aren't in the playoffs? Bad teams. They yeah. are setting themselves up for a huge playoff 2020 run. You know, 75%. That's that's just... That's, that's just good. Weak. No, not, it's it's either zero or 100. No, what's it's se- not. It's 75. What's, what's 75%? <laughs> that's a weak that's a, good, that's a good... I like that. That's... You're either first you're either or last. You're out. Yeah, you're in or yeah. you're out. No, oh, that said that, 110%. <laughs> Nick, where are you at? Well, I got to back up and... The, that claim that we might have the worst bottom six in the league. Like, how do you qualify that? Are you watching? Are Wait, you seriously you watching? That, Tyler? Th- yeah. You just Man, said we they, have the worst bottom six. But like, come on. A little, a little high, maybe a little bit of hyperbole in That's there. That's absolute hyperbole. hyperbole. They're in the bottom third. Well, sure. And okay. they're probably that's, in the bottom five. So yeah, they have absolutely no one that drives play in that bottom I have six. No, none. So how many Minnesota Wild games have you watched this year? Still, oh, I guarantee oh, you, if you, I know, yeah, I know what you're saying. A wild bomb on you. Yes, yesterday, percent of them. <laughs> I was tweeting with uh, Brock Sagan during the Sens game, and, and me and him both kind of said the same thing for the Wings and for the Oilers. It's, it, man, if you take out their two best players, it's a bunch of guys that you could see playing in like the American Hockey League, right? Like, I don't know. I just, to me, the bottom six is still a massive issue, and that's my point. Like, it is a glaring hole on this team. I would say majority of teams other than the best teams in the league probably have guys that are the exact same. I think you're awfully critical about, I mean, I'm not saying our bottom six is great, but it's not even good. Oh, wow. I wouldn't even go that far, <laughs> man. Come on. Ours, like, ours go our on any given night, man, just job. go read through the box scores and yeah, you'll be like, hmm, there's a bottom, bottom six. does a job. The box scores tell the story. So in October, it was terrible. Yeah. In November, it's getting better. Bottom six. But you've got guys that are maturing on the fly. Like, who? Really? Are Russell, Haas. Haas. Nygaard. I like those three. I don't like the rest. <laughs> oh, okay. That's half of the but bottom six. Exactly. Grandland has That's come three of six. And they're, they're starting <laughs> to get better and get, get acclimatized to No, the, they don't Dan has his hand up. Dan has his hand up. The big thing with the bottom six is that our penalty kill is the second best penalty kill in the league. And exactly. that's, and that's fine and do. dandy. And that's, and that's, that's what huge. they do. That's what they're doing. They're here to, to kill off penalties and play defensively. Meanwhile, our top six goes out and kills other teams. Tyler, I have a question. Do you think any of the bottom six, like a guy like um, Riley Shan or Patrick Russell, maybe a little bit unlucky, unlucky to have no goal so far? I don't think Riley Shan's unlucky to have no goals because how many chances have you? How many times have you been like, oh, Shan almost had, had one there. He's only had a couple. Russell for right. sure is. Well, he should has have gotten the the shaft. A few Russell's times. gotten the shaft, but like. I love the way Gaetan Haas plays. He's not a like. My point is, they have no threats offensively. If the bottom or if the top six and the power plays aren't absolutely rolling on any given night, the Oilers have what like a five percent chance of winning a hockey game. <laughs> well, we're in a situation like if Jujar gets pushed back into the into the bottom six, that helps. Like, like we're, we've got some injuries right now where our bottom six right now does not look as good as it should because we're filling up filling two holes on the top six. So it does look a little bit weak or watered down, but when those come back, like 
I, I still think, think I, even when they're healthy, man, it's not that good. Archibald's a hell of a player, and he's I come, lo- he's come alive Archibald. in the last month. He he's makes little, the odd defensive laps, but I love that. He's guy. a little bundle of hatred. Well, what's it? Who, ha, who? What team has someone in their bottom six that's a constant scoring threat that you claim we need? Like that's just not what bottom six do. Like I, I understand the, the criticism, but go through any of these lineups, uh, courtesy of puckpedia.com, If you can look up all the the depth or daily on all up. the teams. I'm going to open yeah. 30 tabs. Um, and like, I just looked at Florida, for example, like Mike Hoffman's playing on their third line, but that's go. only because, but that's only because the guy who's playing on the second line, I don't even know who the hell Malgin is. He's making $750,000 right now. Milan Lucic. You're always, you're, you're always going to have a guy who's playing at some point in the bottom six, who probably should be in your, in your top six, but that doesn't mean that he's a constant scoring threat in the bottom six. Was Kessel a third liner in Pittsburgh? Whoa, whoa. At times, yes. Oh, times. If you want to use Florida as an example, Noel Achari centering their fourth line, he's got five goals on the year. How many That's Oilers have? That's not a real person. How many goals do? How, how many players on the Oilers have five goals? You've right been now discredited. That's not a real person. Not a lot. <laughs> Sorry. Frank Vitrano playing on the third line, six goals. Brian Boyle, four goals. Jujar. Yeah, like a guy like Jujar. How many? It doesn't. Uh, Granlin have like three or four now. But he's it, got two. I think. But it, like my point is, is and I, I said it before. Tippett said it all along that. The, the bottom six kills penalties. The bottom six mm-hmm. plays defense. The bottom six stops goals from going in the net. They're not necessarily counted on to be offensive. Do they chip in? Yes. Do they need to chip in all the time? I hope for more, but you don't necessarily need it because Leon and, and Connor and Nuge are world beaters. <laughs> so looking at the Oilers' stats right now, Marcus Granlin has three. Gaetan Haas has two. Jujar with six. Alex Chason with two. Our boy Ethan Bear. Go buy an Ethan Bear shirt. Mm. Nationgear.ca. He has You mean four. a bear? Or sorry, shirt. a bear season. <laughs> it is definitely not. Bear season. It is definitely not that guy's shirt. It is a bear season shirt. It is a bear shirt, yes. Of course. <laughs> I, I just, I honestly think you guys got the Oilers colored glasses on with this. The well, yes, always. Of no, in radio. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. They're <laughs> second in the division. Like, I know, it's, not, it's great. I'm just pretend. saying that the bottom six should be better. I want well, it to be I don't better. Think we're I, don't think you're I don't think we're debating that. You, yeah. That's exactly what you're doing. You're nitpicking. You're, this is like Rick's claim that every defenseman needs to be a puck moving defenseman. I feel bad he's not here to defend himself, but we should shit on Rick. Sewer him. <laughs> sewer him. No, we got to sewer Speaking him. Speaking of puck moving defensemen. What about one that we have in the uh, in the old prospect system there, Bag Milk? Oh, That's God. true, because we've got a very limited time with Jay here. He's got a meeting coming up, so I need to bring up this terrible take that he had. I think, Tyler, he said this on Real Life on Tuesday, right? That the Oilers should trade Evan Bouchard sooner than later. Yeah. Jay you know, defended. So to, to, to go back to Tyler's point and to bring it back to why Bouchard needs to go, <laughs> do, I, I, do I think we need to add depth to our bottom six? Yes. So you're going to trade Bouchard for a bottom <laughs> six player? No, 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 no. But, just, but, but this now goes to reasons why we should trade Bouchard. I don't think Bouchard's ceiling is as great as everyone does, but the fact that everyone thinks it's so great, we should leverage on that and turn that into players that we need now. Hold on, hold Our on. Our window is opening. There was way more slanderous Things I, that you had said I, about I, Bouchard. I said he's. I, I don't think he's good. You said he couldn't skate. I'm saying. Yeah, well, that's. <laughs> do you have eyes, Dan? Have you watched him skate? I do. I think, I, would, I think you would agree I think with he me. He skates just fine. Uh, he can skate. He skates like, as good as Chris skates. Russell. Yeah, but 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 he's not Chris Russell. He, his, his his he's not. He's not his, Chris his, Russell. His, he's his draft than Chris pedigree Russell. is not Chris Russell. Like. He is supposed to be like top three defenseman, like a top three guy, maybe right, top two. Right now, he is on pace for about a forty point season, in which the is NHL. which is fine. I think he's a guy who has got a ton of talent, and that has gotten him this far. But I just don't think he's an, a good NHL defenseman. Mm. My argument has to for Bouchard just has to be right handed defensemen are way more important than you're giving him. Well, then for. good. Add, add that. Get more back in return. Truba <laughs> got what in New York? Eight million? Eight million dollars. Perfect. Get us eight million dollars with a scoring depth. Oh, that's just so bad. I think that we have to replace that. I just think that draft another guy. Right now we're all (laughs) enamored with trade. Ethan Bear and what he's doing, and I think it's amazing. However, but that allows us to do this. The fact that Bear has come and it can eat twenty to twenty (laughs) four minutes of time. See, I'm not buying responsibly, but I'm just saying like uh, the miracle has happened. That we uh, one of the young defensemen has taken the step that let me we needed. A, let me ask a question. Say in the summer the Oilers decide to move on from Adam Larson. Yeah, this summer. Yeah, this upcoming. Oh summer. wow, okay. Let's just. I'm just throwing sure. out an idea. Yeah, okay, okay, interesting. Would Evan Bouchard 
be an upgrade on Adam Larson in no. terms of his ability to move the puck. And since they have generally similar skating styles. Yes. So if we trade, if we move on from Larson, then yes, I can get a little bit more on side with keeping Bouchard just mm-hmm. because now we literally have no right-handed defenseman or whatever one. Uh, so it makes a little bit more sense. Wait, what? what? So you're okay with us moving Bouchard, but you're not okay with us moving Larson. No, no, no. If because Bouchard is a right-handed defenseman. No, no, no. I'm just saying if if Larson's gone, then we virtually have no right-handed defenseman. So I, I guess now your right-handed defenseman like argument is valid. Yes, but I would much rather have Adam Larson on my team, especially in playoffs, because mm-hmm. that guy has fire. I don't mm-hmm. think Evan Bouchard has fire. Well, to be fair, he's That's twenty. I mean, he's twenty right now. Kevin, so okay. well, well, his game. Can and you it, name? So one, was Adam Larson, and he had fire at twenty. Can you name one of our AHLers that has fire? Uh, well, unfortunately, Yamamoto has fire. Does he? Does he? Does <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's What's com- his fire. He's competitive. He gets in the mix. Yeah. What? Is, like, I, guess, I guess my question was, like, what, are you, playoffs, what do you label we're fire? We're building a playoff team. Yeah, so now I'm be. thinking of getting players who can play in the playoffs. But we're talking about a guy that's playing his first season, his first pro season yeah, in yeah. the AHL. Yeah. And you expect him to be playoff ready. No. I yeah. just I just don't think he's a good playoff player. This How is can my, you say that? This is my I'm just telling you my <laughs> opinion of from what I've seen from the players so far where I think he's going to project to. Would you not think he would be an upgrade on like Yol Pearson? I'm looking at the GDB Gregor's got going up on withersnation.com here right away. It's Friday. Right now Pearson is playing with Clefbaum. Could Clefbaum not carry Bouchard and let him work in or you have Bouchard on your third pairing and then he plays on the power play? Or we trade Bouchard for like much needed help. Evan Bouchard, who had 21 points in 11 games last year in the playoffs. Okay. So fire. Pretty good American Hockey League playoff performer. Yeah. Always, was, tra- always translates the to the OHL. NHL. That was the but, OHL. Always I, translates to the NHL, eh? OHL he playoff had eight performance. points in the eight playoff, in the eight playoff games. So I'm does, just saying. Like, does every I'm player. Telling you, I'm just telling you, this is my opinion. I agree. Or, he I is a guy. Thank you for agreeing. No. Damn it. <laughs> this is a guy <laughs> hey, who has well, gone Nick a lot. Tyler, Tyler, take that part out. Using my eyes, I am not an NHL scout. I have no fucking pedigree to, you, to even want you to buy in to think I'm valid to say this, but... From my eyes, from what I see, I just don't. I just think he's a guy who's got a lot of talent, but I just don't think he's 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 got the fire to be a solid right. NHLer, so especially in, your, in the playoffs. In your opinion, what would be an appropriate return for Evan Bouchard? Well, no. well that, that's that's something I want to ask you because you guys are fucking high as shit on this. No, kid. I just want to ask: like, does every player need to have fire on a playoff team? Like, does every player need to have that certain, aspect of the game? Certain do, but like, if we if we lose Larson, we've lost fire. But you can't get a but you can't get away with having one of your defensemen who's just yeah, yeah. good offensively and Calm, doesn't have cool, quote unquote collected. fire. And like, also, I would like to bring and, up like, and I feel, I'm I'm fine with that, but who? Is that Bouchard? That's that's who I'm asking. But who is that right now? I mean, who's our calm, cool Leon Larson? Leon Drysaddle, calm, cool. So there, we've already got Bear. Leon Dreisel up front. There's there's room for one on every team, (laughs) but but he's not Chris Pronger. If he is, not everyone needs to fucking (laughs) be Chris Pronger. But what if he is Chris Pronger? What if he takes some time in the age? If he was Chris Pronger, I would not be having this take. He doesn't even come up next year. That guy starts stalling. We we, we do have to let him season. If if he's going to remain an oiler, which ultimately if that happens, I'm going to be okay with because I'm drinking water out of a fucking Mm. oiler's mug. Mm. Sorry, I should say Kool-Aid out of an oiler's (laughs) mug. So I'll buy into it. But I'm just telling you, this is my opinion Mm. of what I think about Evan Bouchard. I just just don't think... Nothing nothing in his game tells me he's just going to fucking kill it at the NHL level. the same kind of thing that I have with Rick and his call-up everybody kind of mentality. I just... I just don't think it's a move that needs to be made. I, made I, right don't, now. I don't want him called up. I'm no, I know, but I'm, no, I'm saying you're, but I'm you're saying, saying he traded. I'm, I'm you're saying, saying the, give up on him right now. No, I'm saying the market is really high on him, and I'm saying I'm not high on him. So there's an arbitrage event there to be able to turn that into hmm. something of high value. But you have a finite amount of right-handed shot defensemen, no. which are very rare. You have so many lefties. It's a leftporium. There is lefties at every turn. You can't take five steps in the Oilers organization without running into a left shot defenseman. Tell you can't swing a cat without hitting a left. A le- without hitting yeah. a left shot defense, I get that. But so, you just don't, like, if you you're just don't keep a guy because he's right-handed. 
you kind of do you, though sometimes. But you, but you don't. Value that's not the. That's what, like Evan Bouchard yeah, has more value, value than just because Ka- he's right-handed. Than yeah. Caleb Jones and Philip Broberg because he's right-handed, and right-handed defense. It is hard to find right-handed defense. I, in the I NHL. agree, they're limited, but you just don't. You just don't like if you think he's not going to be good, but you keep him because he's right-handed. I think he's luck. going to be a good right-hand shot defenseman. Well, so that's I your also, opinion. I, I don't think he will. Hmm. We should put a bet on this. Yeah. This is Keegan Your basis Lowe. of the whole argument is that you don't think he has fire. And like that's, that's that one was, of the things. He doesn't skate. move. He's not a good skater. He he doesn't it, in in a in a playoff game where it's highly physical, I think you can eliminate him. I think you can tune him right the fuck out. That's <laughs> what I care about. Because you know what? The Oilers are a playoff team. So yeah. now I'm looking at trying to build a playoff roster. There's like a 75% chance they're a playoff team. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I would like to... There's a 75% chance that I'm right about Bouchard. I would like to start, turn <laughs> well, this back We're just going to say uh, 75%, just throw it around. Go, go look at or go, 100%. Go look at Money Pucker, Dom Lucision, and the guys with the metrics. So Dom Lucision... Put out some fucking crazy math stuff. 62 points it was, Jay. Yeah, so the Oilers are going to get 62 points. So then I went and and DM'd him saying, I want to bet you the Oilers are going to make the playoffs. (laughs) Because I think you're wrong, Dom. You're fucking smart. You know know how to play. You know how to run a fucking spreadsheet. But numbers are numbers. Like, they've 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 got a place in the game. But they're not the whole fucking game. That's true. I just think that we've got a guy on the lineup right now who scored 50 goals last year, and a lot of people said he did not play with fire and that he was lazy. In fact, somebody on our panel right here... I never said he was said lazy, that and I will refute he, that till the end of time. Oh, Leon, I don't never know. said he was lazy. Oh, I don't know never about that. Said he Leon has fire. He should be in the AHL. Never said he was that lazy. Guy, that guy turns into a different person in the playoffs. But did he always, though? Is you don't know if Evan Bouchard is going to turn into a different player in the playoffs. I'm telling you what I think he'll turn into the playoffs. I'm not using empirical data, Dom. I'm not trying to use math here. I'm telling you what I think. And I think you're wrong. Well, that's a, and you're, and you're fine to think that I'm saying we have an opportunity to trade an asset that people have put a very, very high value on that. I don't think is right. So try to try to get something back in return. That is, that actually is of that value. And we are a better team. Hmm. You're, you're fire festivaling him in a way. Yeah, a lot of hype. Let's get some ham and cheese sandwiches. Mm. Yeah, very little execution. Some jaw rule. Tyler looks very annoyed with this take. Tyler, are you annoyed? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's the face of a soon-to-be-married man. Yeah, and that's <laughs> it's all it's all hitting him. Reality's reality's <laughs> setting in for him. Uh, all right, I gotta go. <laughs> okay, thanks, Jay. Jay was here. That was for great. A short that, time. I'm glad. I'm glad we ha- we got that on tape. But it was spicy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> on tape. <laughs> Goodness for the record, gracious. and if I'm wrong, great. I want to be wrong. Yeah, this is one of those. Just remember, where... I want to be fucking wrong. Mm. I'm just telling you what I think. I definitely think you're wrong. And you're, I wrong. you're wrong. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. There goes Jay. He's off to a meeting. He comes and he throws a bomb at the podcast, and mm-hmm. then he leaves. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Tyler is also leaving. It seems Tyler's gotten up. He does not want to be here. He is. Wandering over. If you don't turn off Jay's mic, you'll get a lot of reverb. Well, he's producing. Look at this. Look at Tyler is running cables now. Oh man, look at him go. Nick, I want to. Mm. I want before we get into our skip mm-hmm. the dishes plug here. I want you to talk about the new tradition that mm. you have started today on Oilers Nation Radio that I'm a big fan of. I'm a big, big fan of this. Well, I just thought, you know, we come down here. It's a, it's Friday. It's the end of the week. Uh, Tyler generally has that look on his face, like he needs to unwind a bit. Uh, he sometimes has to work even later because he's a hardworking young man. Mm. Um, and actually last week, uh, Oh yeah, he's, he's feeling in his back right now. <laughs> Tyler, Tyler's having some, his season up. Youngest guy in the room, <laughs> stretching it out the most. Um, yeah. So, and so last week, uh, Tyler and I, we, we enjoyed a beverage. It had been a long week and I thought, you know what, why don't we start doing this every week? Uh, there's five of us here, one short of a full six pack. So I decided that starting today we bring a six pack in, uh, and every week, uh, someone on the podcast, uh, we alternate and they decide what comes in the next week. So, or an eight pack that's been or an eight pack down, yeah, that you whittle down to a, to a six pack because that's value. That's that was a taxing. power move. I liked it is it. taxing the beers. Tyler, I got a question for you. Are you a mm-hmm. big beer guy, or are you like me, where you're just a generic kind of like I love Bud Lights? 
I will drink Bud Lights until there are no more Bud Lights. Crispy boys. Um, yeah, like I do. I love love watching an Oilers game with a nice Molson, right? Like I, I do enjoy like chill, a light yellow beer. Chill. So when um, it comes to but, your turn for this, yeah. to bring in some beers, do you see yourself going weird and local? Yeah, because I like that. Like I was gonna say, I really enjoy like a nice craft beer, something that's a little bit different. So I do think I'll go uh, off the beaten path a little bit here, try to introduce you guys to something new. And that's kind of the idea that. Yeah, that we kind of want to go down. I just thought for the first one, let's just ease into it with some pretty easy drinking crispy boys, and then yeah, let's get a little weird as the uh, as the season goes on. Dan, what's going to be your approach? Um, see, I growing up, I always just thought people drank beer just to be a part of a club. I didn't really like the taste of it, <laughs> like the oh, beer does, club. Does nobody? Does anybody like beer the first when they start drinking it? I remember the first time I ever like drank with my buddies and I got my sister to boot for me. Nice. Massive mistake. So she goes to the shout liquor out, store. Shout out to uh, Tyler's sister. Yeah. Shout out to Jill. Um, so I'm like, we pull up to the liquor store. I'm waiting in the truck and I'm like, all right, can you go in and get me? Cause me and my buddy both need a booze. I'm like, get us 12 twisted teas and 12 <laughs> beers. Hell yeah. yeah. So she Hell comes yeah. out and like, I have, I've had a beer before, but I've never like gotten drunk before. And this was night numero uno. She comes out with 12 twisted teas. And twelve Rickards Reds, so like a sixteen-year-old or that, however old that's I was, why you're old. Yeah, <laughs> I come out and the first beer that I ever like sit down and get drunk on is Rickards Red. If you think you hated beer as a kid, just like Molson or whatever, I tell you what, Rickards Red was like drinking vomit. Uh, welcome new sponsor though. to the podcast, yes. Rickards Red. Product shoutouts. I actually, we said we were going to go all like incognito. Yeah, sorry, but I do enjoy a, a, a Rickards right now. But when you're 16 and you crack it, you're just like, oh. What? What would uh, Tyler's what, getting some side cash from what, this podcast? What would Ross have thought if he found out yeah, that Joe was booting for you? Well, I was the youngest of three, so by the time I got to that point, my parents just really didn't give a shit, and that <laughs> and it carried on like through it, young adulthood. <laughs> it wasn't that long after that where my parents were just like, "I'm going to the liquor store. Do you need anything?" Nice. And, and they really didn't give a shit. Nice. So, how would you describe today's drink without describing today's drink with the name? Unlike Tyler, it's hoppy. Okay. It's yellow. Nice. It comes in <laughs> it goes an eight down pack. Smooth. It comes in an eight pack. I you can purchase an eight pack. I appreciate the branding. Mm-hmm. Looks nice. It's a classic can. It it's pretty solid. Can. It's like a classic 90s yeah. beer. I like solid that look. branding. Yeah. All around easy drinking, I think. there's a, They come in uh, green bottles or cans. And if uh, listeners can guess what we're drinking, we'll, uh, we'll yeah, give we'll, you a shout out. We'll hook you up with a uh, Nation Gear promo code or something like that. If mm. you can figure out what we are drinking yeah. based on our terrible <laughs> descriptions. But you only get one guess. You don't get to flood us with guesses. That's right. flood us with guesses. No, if you flood us with guesses, I'll... Tyler, what? Tag, tag all the accounts. Tyler's moderating. Tag every beer account that you think it is, too. Tyler, how would you describe this delicious ale? It is... An ale or a lager? Uh, it's I, extra I pale. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's like very hoppy, um, but it is, it's a yellow beer. Like, between this and any other beer that you'd get in the section this one is in at a liquor Stop store, they're all the same. describing the color of the beer. <laughs> it is yellow. But, that, like, you can go down the line of, like, all of those kinds of beers. I, you, that's what By you call that, them. He knows it's not a Guinness. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. or Rickards Red for that matter. Yep. Show sponsor Rickards uh, Red. Anyway, weren't we doing uh, Skip the Dishes spot oh, yeah. here? By the way, I'm super <laughs> hungry. I'm very hungry. Well, because what would it pair nice with off Skip the Dishes? Oh, there you go. That. That's nice, Dan. There you go. All right. So here I'm drinking this delicious ale. I'm thinking that it would pair nicely with maybe a burger. Maybe mm -hmm. some pizza. Ooh. McDonald's fries. That's a good <laughs> Maybe call. Maybe some McDonald's Tyler's fries. getting paid under the table. <laughs> left and right. <laughs> just throws out every Tyler single of this, is, this is like Wayne's World 2 here. <laughs> I'm getting all my corporate <laughs> sponsors. Happy, happy Gilmore. <laughs> yeah. Smash the Subway sponsorship. Skipthedishes.ca, of course, has got thousands of delicious options for you. If you're hungry, if you need sustenance, or if you just want to get fat like me. If you and want me. to. That's your prerogative. If you want to be a sweatpants guy like me, and go to skipthedishes.ca and get every single restaurant that comes up on the first page. No pants for life. No pants for life. <laughs> skipthedishes.ca. Pretty sure that's our official model. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Of course. So you had a tweet the other day. Yes. Uh -oh. And the tweet uh -oh. was about Tinder. Go you ahead. said someone matched with this you. This last night. Yeah. yeah and you night. said they messaged you and said your articles suck. Yeah. You're not funny. And then they unmatched you. Yeah. My question. Go ahead. On Tinder, mm -hmm. are you begged milk or are you government name? Of no, I'm a government is. name. How like so? This question came in a few times. Yeah. Uh, so I am government name. However, I do say that I'm a blogger, and my Instagram is associated with my Tinder. So if you know 
anything about the nation or whatever, mm-hmm. and you come across my Tinder profile, you you can figure it out, right? Yeah, I guess. Do you are there pictures of your face on your Tinder? On Tinder, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like, if someone wanted to make the connection, they could. They could. And yeah. You could also do that by following us. Ever, bag yeah. milk shows up everywhere. Yeah, I'm um, like little you come tidbit, to an event. Little Easter egg to hide. Oh yeah, he's in yeah. every picture, guys. I'm. I am uh, in the background. I'm the yeah. extra. Uh, yeah, okay. Extra. I wasn't sure where you were on the whole like face being out there thing, but you posted that picture of you with Stanley, and that was cool. But if James nice. Neal mm-hmm. scores thirty goals, he will dox himself. I don't think he's gonna do it. But oh. is that a thing? Were you actually going to face reveal at 30? Yeah, somebody likes I made a bet. Mm. Well, I, admittedly, I right? had a couple of a couple of Brumskis, and I made mm. a bet in a Brumcast. This is the pre-Tyler guest spot Brumcasts. <laughs> uh, and I made a bet with somebody that I would do a face reveal at 30. I still don't think he's going to get there. I think he's going to land on 29, and that's it. Um, so Lucic scored his first goal. Does yeah. that mean we're we're not giving up that third round pick now? Do you think Lucic just goes on a well, on a heater? Lucic would have to score eleven or more. Yeah, goals do you think he just to, goes on a heater now? Tie that up, but then also Neil has to score twenty one goals. What would a Milan Lucic heater even look like? <laughs> well, what, what do you have? Three goals last January, December. Yeah, well, that was two goals in one game. No, for that's Cam, right. Yeah, and then one goal for me in the goal, uh, Lucic goal draft. R.I.P. You know, Lucic, Lucic got a bit of a rough ride from a lot of the crowd here in Edmonton, but when he would score. They like we loved it. it. Like, yeah. Puck. Yeah, yeah, man. Like Edmonton. We is, wanted. We wanted to love him. You wanted. We wanted to, to love so him for sure. Despite how bad things got mm-hmm. with Milan Lucic here at Edmonton, he was never ever a whipping boy. Here. No, everybody well, wanted. Yeah. I wouldn't say he was a whipping boy in the sense that like people are like blaming everything on him. If he did something, a big hit, a fight, a goal, whatever, the crowd got behind him. Just as much as anybody. Even if he lined up a hit that he did not execute, yeah. people would go, oh, we, that kind of shit. We did yeah. have this discussion upstairs the other day because we were kind of trying to figure out who people's whipping boy is. I know Tyler has Grandland, and that'll be forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think I really have one this year. I don't year. have a whipping boy this year. Like, there's not nobody really. where I'm just like, you can just pick anyone in the bottom six. Yeah. Oh, Christ. Except those yeah. three players you do like <laughs> in the bottom six. You know what? Actually, Jay is my whipping boy for that horrible <laughs> Evan Bouchard take. Yeah. I, I, now that he's gone, can we talk about that for I'm a second? I'm so mad about that take. What is he even talking about? It, to me, it, it was just blind, I hate Bouchard now. I think he's just trying to be the guy that in the room that's like, right. And and so five years down the road, if Bouchard doesn't pan out, he can be mm-hmm. like, remember that time I told you guys we should have traded him? I'm but just the, the shocked thing- that the, where the take came from. Like it's just like it's, it's the ever, ever nope. pop or ever, ever positive guy in Jay. No, again, no. I want to go back to Leon Dreisaitl. Sorry, oh, Nick, she, yeah, I want to no, go back to Leon Dreisaitl for a second. In the sense that when he first turned pro, everybody was critical of his skating, mm-hmm. and he greatly Damn, improved it. And now he is an absolute warlord that is just destroying the NHL whenever he feels like it. But like, still people, still people call into the shows. Yeah, afterwards. That's true. A uh, friend of the nation, Reed Wilkins, texted me the other night after that horrible loss to Ottawa, which we're going to get to right now. People were unironically saying Leon Dreisaitl is lazy and they can't win with him mm. in the text line. Like mm. I just Tyler I, is somebody who looks at the text yeah, line. Like I'm not surprised. How weird did those get? No, it's just a lot of it is uh, like Jay's take. Right? He has some. He has the take in his mind that Bouchard won't pan out, and he's going to adamantly defend it. And always look for reasons why Bouchard is not panning out. And I think you see yeah. that with people who took a stance on Drysaddle in his rookie year. And you'll see it with guys like Matt Benning. There are people who say it with McDavid in his own end, too. They're, they're everywhere. Everyone has, like you said, their goat, where they just love ripping on them. And Matt Benning can go out in a game and make 12, 13 really solid plays. As soon as he makes one bad play, he's going to get jumped on by a crowd of people who have already have it in their mind that they do not like Matt Benning. It's the same thing with Drysaddle. Chris he, Russell. Chris Russell, oh, oh my lord, that's the best example, and Koskinen, I somehow missed it. Miko Koskinen, yep. like Koskinen will go out and play glove three, hand. three good games. One shot beats yep. him on the glove end, and it's we aren't winning with him. What a terrible contract. Fuck Shirelli. Chris Russell slides on the ice, breaks up twelve block shots, <laughs> loses half an ear, and then he lets a guy beat him wide, and it's like fuck him. But mm-hmm. as like a guy that a guy that gets mentioned as being a dry sidle hater. Because he said uh, he at one time, be in the AHL. Um, I said he belonged in the AHL. But anyways, <laughs> as that guy that is an apologist yeah. for that, I would never say that an NHL player is lazy. That's just such a stupid take to have. That's 1% of all <laughs> hockey players uh, the, ever the, making the, the NHL. One, the one example always comes up is Alexei Kovalev. Yeah. 
But like, he was but so like, good. that's not. It's, to me, it's just not lazy. It's just like, it's like well, when he the doesn't effort, try, when the effort isn't. Like, I think, I think lazy depends how you want to break down the actual word. But there are definitely guys who they don't bring consistency every single game that they could. Yeah, they're not consistent. That's fine. But also, it's like like Lavoie. But it's that, it is effort that, though. Uh, like effort, that, effort, that effort is factored into inconsistency. Yeah, but it's, it's not just it's, being snake bitten or having an off night. But this is all perception. Like to me, if his Absolutely. coach, if his coach comes out and says Leon Drysaddle is a lazy player, okay, maybe he's a lazy guy. But we're not. We're not in the room. Mm-hmm. We're not. You know, like hey, to me, there's something none of us are like, saying this. So no, no, I know. <laughs> we need that, to go but into it's just, yeah. and it's just me railing against people that call into a radio show and say that and they're not going to listen to me anyways but (laughs) but like the reality of of any of us doing body language expert shit saying that a guy doesn't give a fuck he does he's in the nhl because he gives a shit like they 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 don't they don't live sleep and die hockey and then make the nhl they're like okay that's it for me that was always that was always a criticism of like carrie price when he was young because he was so nonchalant nonchalant they're like with carrie price just doesn't care he has no he has no fire as one might who was recently in the room might have said such a weird take um like i get the take of like trading bouchard because his value is high to get something in return i get that there's an argument around that but to be like just to trade him for the sake of trading him because his perception is perceivedly high is very strange to me that's that's where i come from with that conversation with jay because like i just don't I, i i'll be quite honest I don't watch Condor's games on the regular, so I don't know how well or how poorly he is playing, but from reading scouting reports and from the, the draft pedigree that he had, I mean, I don't know. It seems pretty insane to be like, wow, he's a bust. To me, this goes back to, and I said this on Real Life on Tuesday. Go download that because it's a fantastic podcast. Mm-hmm. This Bouchard thing that Jay said is kind of like when the Oilers traded... Jeff Petrie? But even before Gilbert, that, Gilbert, because oh, yeah. they had Jeff Petrie, they mm. traded Jeff Petrie because they had Justin Schultz. They mm-hmm. traded Justin Schultz because, oh, shit, they don't have anybody like that in the organization. And they're anymore. playing him over his head. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's like, let Bouchard develop. Mm-hmm. Let him be the big fish down in Bakersfield. If that's what happens, mm-hmm. then, then ease him in. Don't do the Justin Schultz thing. Like Tyler just said, where he comes in and in his rookie season, he's playing 25 minutes in all situations. That is setting up a guy to fail. Because when coach. he went to Pittsburgh and they slotted him properly, he did very well. Like, and he does well in spot duty up in the top yeah. of that yeah. defense court. Bears too. playing where he's playing, not because he was pushed into that position, because he earned it. And Absolutely. that's a big difference. And that's something we haven't, we've talked about this endlessly, but something we haven't had. So to, to act, go out to actively deplete that side of the defense just for the sake of it, because you think a guy might like, and that hard. goes to my point, Nick. It's like, yeah. just because you have Ethan Bear, yeah, not make Evan Bouchard expendable. Because then because what ends you can up have both. Cause then what ends up happening is you have Chris Russell or Caleb Jones playing on their off wing because you don't have enough depths on yeah. that side. And then we're having this argument all over again. It's like one, yes. what are the things the Oilers need? If they want to make the playoffs this year, more depth scoring and uh, another quarterback. Yeah. Or, or, or a right uh, handed defenseman who can play up in the lineup. Yeah. I, I agree with you guys 100%. And Jay was talking about how you're going to hold on to a guy just because he shoots right. I, I actually think you are. Unfortunately, that is part that's of... Cult, but, that's that's called, climate in the NHL. Yes. Right? He was also, talk- it's not just holding on to a guy because he shoots right. He is it a fantastic puck mover mm-hmm. that happens to shoot right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that he is one of your top prospects in the organization. And for the first time in arguably decades, the Oilers are slow playing their guys properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. I just like the only guy that to me that would make sense to be like, okay, we can trade him now because he's at his top is is a guy like yeah. Caleb Jones because he has he NHL experience. That, he comes up to that waiver uh, ineligibility next mm-hmm. year, and that's just the way it is. But but to be like, yeah, let's get rid of a guy in his rookie year in the AHL is just yeah. And, and like someone like Matt Benning as well. That's a guy who you look at the yep. depth chart right now and you go, you know what? If if another team likes him and is willing to give you a good young yep. bottom six forward for him. You probably do it because, again, this year, like, forget next year yet. This year, you're still running Bear, Larson, Pearson. And if you need someone to call up, you got Lagason, You got Jones who can play the right side. You got Bouchard percolating in the minors. And on the left side, like, this year, you got Clefbaum and Nurse. I'll assume that Russell's gone after this season. But then, you know, you could have Jones step up there. And so if, if a deal came along and someone loved Philip Broberg and wanted to overpay for him, then maybe you sit there. I don't think Ken Holland's trading his prized Swedish defenseman. He ain't going to no, do that. No but way. like the point is you need to Sam look at Arukov. your, yeah, you got him still coming up, but you can look at your organization and identify areas of strength. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean you trade your best prospect from that area, but it means you maybe look at some guys and go, 
they might be able to fill a hole and we might be able to get a piece more valuable to our organization. Well, so you brought up Benning. So that's a good example. So again, Benning is a guy who does get his unfair share of criticism. But that being said, he's still making $1.9 million. We are a team that is close to the cap. If we bring, let's say Bouchard does make the lineup next year. Benning is a guy who's never going to really should ever play above the third pairing, right? Bouchard is going to cost at least a million dollars less than Benning. Can Bouchard not at least do what Benning's doing for the next three years before we decide that he is going to work out or not? Right? Like, does that not, does it make more sense to have a guy and like we talked about in a Schultz type uh, situation that Pittsburgh put him in, which he excelled at is playing about 12 minutes a night, getting some opportunities on the power play and thriving in a limited, uh, limited uh, role. And even if Justin Schultz or even if Evan Bouchard, sorry, is never a legitimate top pairing guy. And he's like, I figured out in three years when his, yeah. con- when his contract's up, cause he's still cheap and under mm-hmm. club control. And he's exempt from the expansion draft. Yes. And that is incredibly important. Yeah. We got to keep that in mind too. Yeah. That is incredibly important. And I think back to last season before Todd McClellan was fired and how there were rumors (laughs) floating around that Peter Chiarelli wanted Evan Bouchard with the team all season, which would have eliminated that uh, expansion Mm -hmm. being exempt. You know what I mean? Yep. So that could be Todd McClellan's greatest gift to the organization before being fired. Speaking of which, Todd McClellan is back in town tonight. Nice. Nice, nice roll there. Oh, the Los good. Angeles Kings are in town. The Oilers just came off what I would argue is one of their most disappointing losses of the year against Winnipeg. Or uh, Winnipeg, fuck me. Ottawa. <laughs> Ottawa on Wednesday night. First period, they were absolutely rolling. Mm-hmm. It looked like one of those nights where Connor was just going to single-handedly dismantle a team on his own. Man, that breakaway on the power play with all five or not at the part right before the power where all five sends were hanging off of him. Go check out Oilers like, nation on Instagram, official Oilers nation.com yeah. Dan put or official Oilers nation. I should say Dan put a picture of that up. It is bananas to know, to, to, to look at that picture and see that he came out with a chance on the other end of it. And it, it was a good shot. Yeah. It's bananas. Yeah. But I want to talk about the Los Angeles Kings because the Oilers so far, at least by my count, correct me if I'm wrong. They have eight points that they have just flushed away against bottom-feeding teams. Mm. L.A., Detroit, Chicago, Minnesota. And tonight cannot happen again. Mm-hmm. L.A. right now in their last 10 are 4-5-1. They're 11-16-2 overall. This is a game they have to win. And not that they're a bottom-feeding team, but I would even put that Dallas game in there that they blew in the third period. Yeah, That one hurt. Yeah, so there's 10 points then. Yeah. But they were a bad team at that time. So yeah, yeah. 10 points left on the board. Tyler, what do the Oilers have to do better to make sure that tonight's game does not go the way Wednesday's did against the Senators. Just play 60 minutes. Like you played 20 minutes against Ottawa and then and then you... Oh, what's a good articulate way for me to put it? That's not just saying you completely shit your pants. Um, <laughs> but that's essentially what they did, right? Like after the first period, if they could have gotten a timely power play goal in that first period as well... Three like, posts by my count. Yeah, like that's a completely different hockey game as well. So... You know, you probably need a bounce. And by that, I mean, you either need a puck to hit the post and go in, or you need your goalie to make a remarkable save at a certain point. So you need a bounce and you need to play hard for 60 minutes. And if they do that, they'll win the hockey game. Simple as that. Tonight, Miko Koskinen looks like he's going to be getting the start again at the time that we're recording. Uh, He let in probably two horrible goals that we (laughs) haven't seen from him all season against Ottawa. Mm -hmm. Anybody surprised that Tippett's going back to Koskinen tonight? First I time am. all year a goalie's getting a third straight start. I'm surprised. Do you think Mike Smith's still a little bit banged up and that's why they're going back to Koskinen? No, I think he doesn't want to put Mike Smith out against LA for a third time this season. Mike Smith allowed five goals that first time out, did not look good. He got yanked the second time against LA. I think he's looking at this as an opportunity to not put Mike Smith between the pipes against a team that's torched him twice and let his number one, who is Miko Koskinen in my books, get his confidence right back after a poor outing which is something he's given to Mike Smith a handful of times this season. So I think it's just Dave Tippett being fair. Nick, what do you think? I, yeah, I uh, I thought for sure after that. Um, I, I kind of talked about this uh, in the office on Monday. The way Tippett, and I think Tyler and I talked about this too, the way Tippett talks about Smith as opposed to how he talks about Koskinen in post-game stuff is very different. You know, he he throws out like the the Schmitty and oh, Schmitty this. And it's, it seems obviously he knows him better, but it just seems like there's more of a, uh, an affinity towards Smith where he talks about Koskinen. He always says like the goalie, the goalie had a bad way or 
I think he even said like Kosk Koskinen, like he said his name wrong, even so. There's a there's a part of me there's a part of me that's sort of like oh man he's going back to Smith like he's I honestly was like this was the opportunity he was waiting for to be like I knew it Smith's the guy Costin can't handle it but he's going back to him uh, the number the numbers speak for themselves I put out an article the day of that game that Koskinen is for like by far the superior goaltender and of course he has his worst <laughs> outing of the season but. Uh, yeah, no, I'm glad he's going back to him. I, I hope Koskinen rises to the occasion and and really takes it because uh, we the last thing we need is a goalie controversy going the other way than we thought it was a week ago. Did you hear Dave Tippett after the game to Ryan Rashog? Yeah. When yeah, he yeah. said it was saying? your fault, you jinxed him? I wish you would have been me. I, said, I, taken I, that. I said Dick was lucky he didn't go after him. Well, actually, Rashog, I don't think Rashog ever writes articles, so maybe... Dave Tippett actually oh, read okay. yours and was like, fucking Rashog. <laughs> yeah, Nick Rashog. Nick Rashog. There yeah, you go. Of course. What do we think? Dan, did you say? Um, I don't know. Like, I hear what you're saying, Nick, about the, the coach stuff, and it's, you're not alone in that feeling. Look at you snacking on those <laughs> fries. He's but, so happy with himself, too, Tyler, right now. Unbelievable. I just, I think that, I think that we're, we're, we may be reading a little bit too much into things. I yep. think that there's a that there's a veteran goalie. And then there's a goalie that has had struggles in the past mm-hmm. and has been playing better. And so I think that everything that's happened so far, I would hope is by calculated by design. And it's and it's him it's him maybe trying to Do you, do you mean the way the starts up. have gone out? No, but even just the way he talks about it. <laughs> the way he treats the This is just nonsense. I don't know what's on. going on. He's like on. a Producer fucking pelican right over there. Um, he is a pelican with these fries. He's just swallowing them down. Look at him. Wow. He is so happy. Tyler Tyler, do you eat your do you eat your fries uh sans ketchup? Like just dry? I'll do what a guy's got to do. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Do you eat it with ketchup or not? Well, I like them with ketchup. But okay. He just did you, did you not have ketchup? The last half of that. And did you not have ketchup in your bag? Ah, there. Okay, there it is. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. That's okay. <laughs> so uh, there's not like a cafe right upstairs or something where you could have got some, but I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I just think. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I just think that it it's worked so far. I maybe he's lighting a fire under Koskinen. I don't know. Like maybe maybe Koskinen. <laughs> doesn't doesn't like to be disrespected or feels disrespected and so he wants to come out and and fire it up i don't know or I he's a steely that, uh, finn maybe and they appreciate a very yeah. blunt form yeah. of speech. on today yeah. which is finish independence day second finish independence day shout out to oh jesse yesy that uh messaged us on instagram ah, thank that. you pulley rv sending us messages <laughs> no no i think it's yesa no not that yesa ah this is Jesse. What if Miko Koskinen just like thrives on being disrespected and Dave Tippett's just like well, on another level than like, all of us. But like, if you think about like a guy like Mike Smith, right? He probably demands a little bit more like kind so, of like, respect. Like so kinky or something? Like from just his, disrespect uh, me, Dave. From his coaches and he and he wants to be, you know, given that shot by Dave. And you know what? It's fine for right now. It's 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 not, it's it's trending towards we should go towards Koskinen more often. Of course. I like how he's Dave to us now. He's Dave. He's always be Dave. <laughs> but yeah. You, you know, know what? Can I blame this recent slide? Well, uneven play on the fact that we are now through November and Dave Tippett didn't even give us that fucking tip stash. Yeah, that mm. was it was quite a tease by him because he got asked it quite a bit. Uh, probably, you know, more than he probably wanted to be by, by nation fans and nation staff, myself included. Um, but but yeah, he was always very diplomatic about it, said the wife loved it. And I guess he doesn't want to please the wife as much. Around the horn real quick. Score predictions for tonight's game. I'm going to go ahead and say... 4-1 win for the Oilers because I will be there. Me I too. See it. I'm going to say 5-1. Nice. Price is right at you. Oh, yeah. Like, I I want it to be a 4-2 or something like that. I just, they they got to come out and play well against a shit team. So, so let's 4-2. 4-2. They're due. 4-2. 5-0, 3-0 after the first period. Wow. Oh, Shuts it down on an Independence Day. Finish Independence Day. Tyler, what was your, uh, what was your score prop today? My pregame podcast, Bet of the Game, which is 816 on the year. Fade your Remchuk. Oilers in regulation. You get it at minus 110 on well, why did Why didn't you hammer what, what? Uh, Dan was just talking about and go uh, three goals in the first period? Uh, yeah, you could hammer that. The odds aren't great on it because the Oilers have been a really, really good first period mm. over bet this year. Are we the favorite tonight, even after losing to the Senators? Oh, yeah. Wow. We're heavy, heavy favorites. LA sucks, oh, that's man. Bad. I know awful. they're bad. LA is the worst road team in the NHL. They're 2-10-1 on yeah, the road. Their power play is the worst. Their penalty kill is one of the worst. They're just terrible. We Something interesting, them. though. We've heard this script before. Um, hmm. I, I talked about this on the pregame podcast, and maybe this is a compliment to Todd McClellan. At even strength on per 60 rates, the LA Kings 
allow the least shots against and have the fourth most shots for in the NHL. Hmm. For like a bottom feeder team, it's really interesting how good they are at preventing shots and how good they are at generating them. But again, they're bottom third in goals against and goals for. It's it's like a we they're a weird team this year. That just reminds me of that uh, that tweet that the Kings put out a few years ago about their goalie being better than everybody else's goalie for the next decade or whatever it was. Paraphrasing. You know, shout out to quick. quick. The, the thing with the, the Kings too, I remember I was looking at it last week as far as their like their shooting heat maps go. They have one of the most dangerous attacks too on the ice. It makes no sense. Um, right now, I'm looking at it right now, Tyler. They're third in Corsi four over sixty in the league at 60, almost 62 Corsi, Corsi events. So uh, I think it's just their goaltending. They're like qu- watching quick. That's the one thing they always have to do tonight is they got to play a game that they don't play often enough is get to that front of the net and get those rebounds. Cause yeah. both times I've watched quick play, those rebounds explode off his pl- pads. Yeah. Like, so it must be the goaltending that's sinking them as much as it is because they, by all the metrics, this is this is where it comes in, like eye test versus the numbers. Because by all accounts, LA should be where we are in the Pacific Pacific Division. Yeah. Almost, you know what they are? They're the they're the anti Edmonton Oilers. Mm-hmm. What's Edmonton bad at? Playing at even strength. Yeah. What's Edmonton good at? Having two superstar players, good goaltending, and killer special teams. Mm-hmm. What's the worst thing on the LA Kings? Their special teams. What's second worst? Their goaltending. What do they lack? High end skill. What do they have? Or actually somewhat decent lines that can keep up at even strength. I think you could have probably said that about the Ottawa Senators, though, too. I don't want to talk about that game <laughs> anymore. I'm still angry about it. They're really bad at everything. and they Expected still goals four over 60. Kings are first. Like, that's fucked. <laughs> They're in the last. Almost last. They're last in the West. Yeah. But last is that, in the pack okay, eight. So I don't, I, admittedly, I have no idea what that stat means. And Nick, you've had to explain it to me once a morning for the last two months. It's It, it, it basically is just based around uh, opportunities, giveaways, how the goalie's playing, all that kind of but stuff. But shouldn't it also be like the worst team should be up there? Technically, because they're, yeah, sometimes because they're not scoring the goals to beat the game to win the games. Um, well, no, because sometimes the worst teams don't aren't getting opportunities at all, okay. right? Yeah. It's just again, Fair if you enough. look at the heat it, map stuff, oh, yep, it has nothing to do with the amount of goals you actually score. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, so yeah, generally, teams that score more will be in the middle of the pack because they're it balances the numbers out okay. more often, right? Cool. Yeah, you know, it's sort of like the way PDO works, right? Like if something. If something's a little unbalanced, it's going to be really high or really low. I look forward to you explaining this to me on Monday morning as well. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, that takes us now to Tyler, get your buttons ready. The Jasper, this is hot. The oh, Jasper Tourism Hot and Cold Performers of the Week. Hmm. I'm going to start today, as always, with the veggies. We are starting with Nicholas Good with your cold performer. Of he the called week. you the veggies. I think, I think it's fair to say that. <clears throat> The panel is generally vastly unprepared for this segment, so we forget about it every week. Please okay? keep buying us time. Please keep buying us time. Uh, I'm, I hate to say it, but it's got to be Miko. Those two goals in 12 seconds kind of sunk him. The, the game overall against Ottawa was not good, but those two goals in 12 seconds, you got to have both of those. Just from where they got scored, that time of the game, you just can't let that happen. And so even he would admit it, too. Absolutely. Like it's Hey, just because you're the cold performer of the week doesn't mean you're the cold performer on the team. Tyler? Oh, that was all, you almost missed out. Your yeah. Jasper Tourism Cold Performer of the Week. Tyler. I love this player. He's one of my favorites. When he scores, he does hip thrusts at the blue line. He's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. But Oscar Clefbaum is my cold performer. He scored last night. I love him. I think on the season as a whole, he has been their best defenseman. But in the last week, he's really he's really struggled. He's given up a lot of bad pinches that have resulted in two on ones and goals against. Uh, over skating behind on that one goal, he yeah. just overskated the puck. Yeah, like, that was like that out was of weird. body experience. That was weird. It was weird. Like, it's, I I honestly think this week was an anomaly, but I do not think it's a stretch to say he was their worst defender over the last seven days. Mm. Mm. The nation, Dan, he's going to be looking at the prospects. I'm sure. Yes, your uh, Jasper Tourism Cold Performer of the Week, a kid. I love, I love you so much, and I'm sorry that I have to do this to you. You showed up on our Instagram feed this week with your Halloween costume that was a year or a month old. Uh, it's one Jesse Pugliarvi. Oh, that's cold. Started off the season real well over in Carpat. And uh, I don't know if it's maybe the fact that he didn't get back into the NHL or didn't get traded or what, but he has been cold, cold, cold. He had a, he had a goal um, yesterday afternoon. 
Uh, but otherwise, he has had no points in his last five or six games before that. So mm. Jesse Pugliarvi, cold performer of the week. Can't wait for that fourth round pick we get when we finally trade him that Ken Holland's <laughs> holding out for. My uh, my Jasper tu- Tourism cold performer of the week is Riley Shane. Mm. My man, you've got to get something going. <laughs> I don't know if you need to pull out that Teletubby costume. If you don't know the story, I suggest you Google it. Pull out the Teletubby costume, get yourself comfortable. But we need you to put up some kind of points. You're an important player in that bottom six. Tyler's already mad about you. I'm mad about you. Not that TV show that was on in the 90s. <laughs> but Riley Shan. That's it. I mean, how many people are going to get that, that reference? went right so, into Nick's wheelhouse. Well, I was like, come on. <laughs> Tyler, do you know what mad about you is? No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I Riley Shan is my Jasper Tourism cold performer of the week. Nope. Oh. I didn't think I was going to get a button. <laughs> he's looking for them. Sorry. I'm going to start with Tyler because he's already got his fingers on the button. Jasper uh, Tourism Hot Performer ready. of the Week. He's not ready. Oh, my Tourism Jasper Hot Performer of the Week is Sammy G, baby. Fuck Sam Gagne. Tyler, no. You gotta love you him. You took mine. The gags. This is the best I've seen him play since he scored eight points against the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, no, he's playing really good. He's filled in rather nicely in the top six. He hasn't looked out of place by any means. He's got 10 shots on goal in his last five games as well. Like to me, there, there's just stu- there's good signs in Sammy G's game. And I'm not sure if he's going to stick in the top six when Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Zach Cassian are back. In fact, I doubt it, but I think he deserves to stay in the lineup. Uh, veteran presence is smart with the puck. Yeah, he doesn't skate well, but he does good things on the ice. I'm digging Sammy G. That was hot. That's hot. And don't forget, he uh, likes to beat up Riley Sheehan. Right? Can't forget about that that's part. That's true. Yeah. Maybe that's why Riley Shan is still my cold performer of the week. Well, I really wanted to take uh, Sam Gagne, but uh, I'll go with Tujar. He's uh, he's still scoring. He's still he's getting that that thick depth scoring that we need. He's stuffing it in there anytime he, any chance he gets. And uh, Holy. It, he we we uh, we put the call out we, for. We. Uh, <laughs> we put the call out for uh, for some more depth scoring, and he's 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 uh, stepped up to the to the task. So good for him. I just wish he kept that mustache. You know, he's still scoring without it though. So it's true. I just think he looked great. He's, he's got the momentum. I just think when you look good, you feel good, and that mustache was great. He defines big dick energy. I think out absolutely. There. This is hot, Daniel. Tell us about the prospects. Uh, I apologize in advance for the pronunciation. Say Evan Bouchard, say Evan Bouchard, say Evan Bouchard, say Evan Bouchard, say Evan Bouchard. I tried to bring it up uh, through elite prospects who do a great job of trying to get enunciations out there, but I couldn't get it. Uh, It's Maxime Denizen. Denizigin. Deniskinen? I think it's Maxime Denizen. That's the one. That's really hot. Uh, So this year he's actually, he struggled quite a bit with Yaroslav Lokomotiv's uh, junior team, the MHL team. Hmm. Uh, so he bounced down to what's called the VHL, which I don't even have the, the statistics for. Uh, but he's back now in the MHL, and he had two goals and one assist this week. So Maxime Denizen, the hot performer of the week for the prospects. That's really hot. Good job, Maxime. My hot performer of the week is arguably one of the greatest goal scorers in the NHL today. Sam Gagne. He is an immovable force. He is an unbelievable human being. He is going to lift his team into a spot where they're definitely not going to be upset. They traded for him for the next four years. Milan Lucic. Wow. You are my Jasper Tourism Hot Performer of the Week. This is the game-winning goal against the the savage Buffalo Sabres. You know what's always good is when you get a game-winning goal in a 4-1 to game (laughs) that ends up being 4-3. And man, I was watching the end of that game. Buffalo almost tied that thing yeah, up. They, they were and so they close to tying that thing up. My favorite part was that Lucic almost missed that net entirely. <laughs> yeah. and he had a wide open cage. That However, been the most Milan Lucic, Milan Lucic. This is going to start the. Uh, this is going to open the floodgates. I'm sure for Milan. It's Out- chicken. It's fried chicken. I like fried chicken. Outscoring Janam's Neal by a goal in December. Mm. That's going to change tonight. He's going to score. Okay. Who else you got scoring tonight? Gani is going to score. Gagne is scoring for sure. Yeah, I'm going to say with dry saddle. He's scoring. I'll hop in on that with you. I'll say Gagne. I'll say Neil. I'll say two for Leon and one for Connor. Mm. Okay. I like this. Mm. How many of those are going to be special teams goals? Uh, one of Leon's and Connor's. Hell yeah. Okay. On Oilers related question. Is David Pasternak going to score 60 goals this year? What's he on pace for? I think he's about that. Somewhere around there. The dude is on a heater to end all heaters right now. 
Uh, in his last five games, he has two goals. In his last 10 games, he has nine goals. On the year, he has 25. Mm. I don't know. He's hit the. Uh, I watched a bit of the game last night thanks mm-hmm. to HockeyFights.com, and there was a fight in that game. You can go check that out on HockeyFights.com. <laughs> um, he, the Bruins announcers have been complaining about his treatment that he's been getting from other teams. So if we've heard that before, mm. one Connor McDavid, <sighs> that he might a- be getting shoved around. He got smoked. Uh, just before the fight broke out. I just think that just, again, goes to a conversation we've had many times, but the refs in the NHL are complete trash. Yeah. So I, I just think for Pasternak, it's probably going to just be a question of if he gets hurt, how long does that hold him out? Knock on wood that he doesn't. That was glass, but okay. He's fun. I, He's fun to watch. No matter what you think about the Bruins or whatever, Pasternak is fun to watch. I want to end this week's podcast on with a quote from Ken Holland, and I want to know if you guys agree with his assessment. Mm. According to uh, Ken Holland, a day or two ago, he says, you look at the standings and you have to be very happy competing with the best teams in our division. It's been a really good 30 games. There are still 52 to go. It's going to get harder. It's going to get tougher. But I think so far, so good. Do you agree with that, Nicholas? Good. Which part that's going to get tougher? Just all of it in general. Well, I think for sure, as, as we move into December and January, generally games tighten up, players get, it's like the dog days of, of the season. Uh, and this is really where the the depth scoring thing is going to have to show itself, I think. Um, but I mean, we're doing things that are putting us in position to win with the special teams uh, and with some of the other guys that are starting to step up, like like Kara, even Gagne when he's in the lineup. So it's going to get tough. It's going to get tight. At some point, we might go through a bit of a, a losing stretch, which every team does, and it sucks. But uh, at the end of the day, even if we don't win the division, we're going to make the playoffs. Tyler? Uh, yeah, I, I think there's been some a couple rough moments so far in the season, but on a large majority, the first now two months of the season has been a massive positive, and this team is in a divisional playoff spot, which at the beginning of the year, I honestly would not have predicted that they would have been. I had them as an 88 to 90 point team, and maybe they could squeeze into a wild card spot or just grab that third spot from maybe someone else, but... Um, it, been a, they've been a blast to watch because when they're winning, they're winning games in a very, very fun way because it's high-skilled, it's power play goals, and it's good goaltending. Um, so I'm very pleased with the, with, with the beginning of the season. Dan? Yeah, the Pacific Division is one of the weirder divisions mm-hmm. in the NHL right now. From the top of the division, which is Arizona currently with 38 points, down to the bottom the the division, you say the fifth best team in the division in Calgary, they're only six points behind Arizona so so the fall can be quick and it can be you know swift right out of the playoffs and that's okay as long as you're still competing and and I think everybody's just kind of said it that that they're competing they're in a spot right now and you just take it in those I think it was Ken Hitchcock it might have been McClellan that had the three game uh the three game breaks that you look at and as long as you're winning two of those three games you're doing okay with yourself. And I think that right now is our time where we're, we're on a bit of a losing skid because of the Nugent Hopkins injury, because of the Cassian injury. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, these are things that we have to overcome. Luckily, we're coming up against some weak teams, and that's, and that's great, but they got to get the points. That's the another thing to keep in mind, too. We haven't really had a fully healthy roster at one time this season, whether it was Larson out for a, a period now, Nugent uh, Cass being out. So that could work in our favor, too. Yeah, if we definitely have... I actually meant to... Uh, I actually meant to make Dave Tippett the cold performer of the week. I just remembered. <laughs> <laughs> he has been lying to us about Nugent Hopkins. Yeah, that's yeah, true. First set, first it was, he's only going to miss two games and then he'll be back. And then, oh no, he'll just be out for the Vancouver series. He'll be back early week. Well, now we're on fucking Friday and they're playing the Kings and Nuge is still out. But he's skating with the fifth line. He is skating and that's positive. However, what is really going on with that hand, Tyler? I don't know. I don't I think, know either, man. I think it there's hurts. an abundance of caution here, and I think that's a great thing. I think that you like, like because of where we are in the standings, we are allowed to have these kinds of moments where we let our second line center get fully healthy and don't force him to come back. Mm-hmm. Like we saw with Larson, we all said it. Larson probably needed an AHL conditioning stint, and he didn't get it. Mm. And we forced him back in the lineup. So I'm okay with Nuge getting all the time he needs to get healthy. You know, yes, we lost to Ottawa, and we may have won with Nuge in the lineup. But I do I'm find that their power play looks way different without him. Absolutely, it does. Now Gagne has played well up on that power yeah, play. He has. It just. It just. It's interesting but. how it separates Connor and Leon, and they move to opposite ends of the ice. Whereas when they're on the same side, they kind of have their own weird Sedin-like witchcraft. Yeah, going. they're able to connect a little bit quicker. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, well, I guess we shall see what happens tonight against Los Angeles. We're all predicting a win. There's a big game against Jack Eichel and the Sabres on Sunday. Sabre. Sabres for our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant and at skipthedishes.ca and at Jasper Tourism. I want to bid you all a good weekend and thank you for listening. And Tyler, if you will allow me, I just want to read a podcast review that came in on iTunes over the week. Yep. The best podcast I listen to, five stars, says guy who sponsors the podcast. Great show. Tyler is a grump. Grumpy mm-hmm. Tyler is the best Tyler. Yeah. Who's Coom? Great show. From our friend Drew Steele at Sherwood Ford. Thanks, Drew. And yeah, Tyler. Our high peak Coom. Have a great, great time uh, at the wedding. We're and proud of you, man. Yeah. I'm so excited to not fucking be here for a week. <laughs> I'm going to miss you, buddy. That's how I'm going to end it. I can't wait to see the beautiful <laughs> photography. Yeah, you guys are going to look great. You're a handsome couple. Very nice. Shout out, Damien. (laughs) Best wishes. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.